you are about to enjoy in It Takes Three Network podcast. But now look at you. You fight for sea otters. You've befriended Taylor Townsend. You're an incredible mom to that bunny. I guess I have changed. You've evolved. And over the last 950 days we've been dating, and yes, I've counted, and yes, I counted the Zach era, because really, who are we kidding? I've watched you grow into this incredible woman. And that is who I love. Welcome back to Let's Talk OC and OC Podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Liz. And this week we're discussing Season 4, Episode 13, The Case of the Franks. Original air date, February 1st, 2007, written by J.J. Philbin and directed by Norman Buckley. As Valentine's Day approaches, Ryan tries to keep it low-key with Taylor, but she has another idea. Summer and Seth question fate, and Kirsten reminisces about the past and shares a secret with Sandy. Julie realizes she has a bad case of the Franks. The Franks. I liked this episode. I did too. After the it's, past two, I was going to say better than the last two. I actually like teared up and cried in this. Me episode. too. Okay, cool. Yeah, I had some parts and some parts, <laughs> and it made me love Sathummer all over again. Not me, but yeah. That's fine. I know you're not a huge like component of, or, of, you know, like you respect them for who they are. Yeah. But as we get into I it. I have to say, I, I enjoyed Seth in this episode. So yeah. that's a step up, that's right? That's a huge step yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, as always, we have our scoop of the week provided by Mike, our ice cream correspondent. He says the scoop of the week is Baskin Robbins Love Potion number 31. Whoa. I've never had that one. Did you? Same. Never even heard of it. Is Baskin Robbins still a thing? Open? With yeah, Dunkin'? I think a lot of them are open with Dunkin' Donuts here, at least. Yeah. This is the Valentine's Day flavor at Baskin Robbins. And since it's Valentine's Day in this episode, I thought it was very fitting. The ice cream has both whole raspberry filled chocolate hearts mm. as well as pieces of the hearts. Yum. That sounds so good. Oh my God. I love anything chocolate and raspberry. Oh my God. Such a good combination. Yeah. This, remem- this resembles the theme of love and heartbreak that is prevalent in this episode. We have Summer making a collage of couples through the ages for Seth, which causes Kirsten to reminisce about her past. This includes her and Jimmy's relationship, their breakup, and then her meeting Sandy, her experiences of heartache and love. Summer's heartbreak comes from her internal debate over her relationship with Seth that maybe he's her Jimmy Cooper. At the end, she realizes she has two destinies, two loves, and she doesn't have to choose either or, but have both of them in her life. Julie is also experiencing heartache at the start of the episode from choosing Bullet over Frank, regardless of her feelings, but in the end, thanks to Ryan and Taylor, she ends up with Frank. Caitlin and the Bullet have heartbreak from Julie choosing Frank in the end, and also ice cream itself is good for heartache. (laughs) As Monica and Rachel told Chandler, the real stuff is for truly terminal cases. So true. I guess love really is a battlefield Battlefield cue music. Such a good song. Pat Benatar, this shit. Yes. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Now I want ice cream. I want to try that flavor. Have you had it, Mike? Let us know. Let's get into this episode. As Michelle hits the still. All right. Valentine's Day is on the horizon, and Ryan proposes that him and Taylor do nothing. Who could have seen this coming? Hmm. (laughs) 
And obviously, Taylor isn't too keen on this. Yeah, I feel like didn't we have a Valentine's Day episode with Marissa where he was like, let's not do anything. I feel like we've done this before. Unless I'm totally making it up and just picturing that that would be what Ryan does. I feel that it is very Ryan yeah. to choose this route, especially when things have been a little bit crazy. Like, let's just, like, hang out low-key. Yeah. Yeah. So they're discussing this in the pool house, and Taylor notices a piece of paper by Ryan's bedside that has an address written on it, which we know is Frank's address. Taylor does not know this, though. Yeah. Uh because his dad gave it to him the last time he saw Ryan. So Taylor questions him on this, and Ryan says it's not an address to a girl, so calm down. Uh, she drops the conversation, but she ends up taking the piece of paper. Mm. Which, wouldn't mm. Ryan notice this was gone? I guess he's not really focused on the piece of paper. But it's upon his I'm just surprised. Table. I mean, I'm surprised, and I'm not surprised that he was... Just it wasn't honest, like, oh, that's my dad's address. Like, if I want to use it, I will. Like, mm. you are girlfriend, boyfriend, are you not at this point? Yeah. So what's the big deal if you say, I'm not ready to use it? And then she hopefully would have dropped it. Dropped it. But yeah. he didn't do that. And so she had to meddle, which I have to admit, really bothered me this episode. Right. Okay. So... She starts the meddling yeah. by going to the location of the address. She knocks and Frank opens up, which she's pleasantly surprised to see. He's like, oh, it's just you. And so he invites her in and starts nervously trying to clean up, which is pretty funny. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. Uh, he questions her on why she's there. And she says that she has emotional problems. She's working on it. But she's willing to get in the line of fire to help Ryan and Frank talk. She says that Ryan just seems so sad. So if this could happen, perhaps this could make him a little bit happier. Okay. She's coming from a good place. She is coming from a good place. She's always coming from a good place. She is. But she always puts it upon herself to be the one to get it to the good place. Right. It's exhausting. I know. Meanwhile, Julie's at home with the bullet. He brings flowers to his pretty much wife-to-be. Yeah, she's like, uh, bullet. Back off. <laughs> and you could tell that Julie is very turned off by this, but she's still playing the part. And so he made plans for her at the club and has a suite at the Four Seasons for Valentine's Day as per her request. And he also can't wait to seal the deal with her. Ooh. Ooh. Because they haven't done it yet. And to sum up it, one word, it'll be bang. Yeah, that really cracked me up. That whole quote. He's so over the top. Uh, but anyway, so Caitlin walks in and sees that. Well, Caitlin walks in and she greets the bullet and her and bullet are talking about ping pong. And Julie just notices this sweet rapport that the yeah. two of them have. And so Caitlin, I mean, Julie obviously sees that. OK, Caitlin really loves the bullet. I'm just going to keep pushing forward on mm -hmm. this. And she even starts tearing up. Yeah. And Caitlin's like, Mom, it's just ping pong. Right. She's like, but you're like normal. Yeah. Like, you're having a normal kid life. Right. Taylor and Ryan head to the club for dinner, and Ryan questions why they're going on a fancy date, and then he sees Frank. Hmm. He's caught off guard, but reluctantly agrees to sit down and to have a meal with Frank. And it actually goes really well. Taylor is telling Frank about Valentine's Day and how they have nothing to do, which I thought this was weird. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like 
they were so chummy and things were going very well. So for Taylor to be like, oh, well, Ryan doesn't want to do anything for Valentine's Day. It's like, you don't even... You don't... Yeah, you don't need to add that in. Yeah. And then the more meddling with, do you have a girl in your life? Right. Right. <laughs> like, Taylor. Which is exactly <laughs> what she does. She's questioning him. You know, he's single and ruggedly handsome. And as soon as she says this, the bullet comes to the table. And the bullet didn't realize that Frank was... Ryan's dad. Yeah. Which he's like, oh, you are? And then that's it. Like, doesn't even question yeah. it. I mean, has the bullet and Ryan really had many scenes together or conversation where I, you know, when I think of Ryan, I don't automatically think like he knows the bullet really. I guess not. But I guess what I'm thinking is the bullet met Kirsten, knows of Sandy, yeah. Julie, Caitlin. This is Marissa's ex boyfriend. It's just a little too coincidental. Yeah. You know, but he questions Frank on why he's here. And Frank's like, oh, I'm just spending more time in Newport with my son, which Ryan gives him a look like, like, huh? Wait, what? (laughs) And then Julie comes into the picture. She comes to the table to say hello, locks eyes with Frank. And she also can't believe he's still in Newport. Totally caught off guard. And as all of this is happening, Taylor and Ryan are noticing how Frank is acting and how Julie's acting. They walk away. And she asks Frank if he's in love with Julie Cooper. Yeah, it's very obvious. Even Ryan is like, yo. Yeah. Right. If Ryan sees it, then everyone can see it. Exactly. So Taylor thinks this is so sweet that Frank has the eyes for Julie. And Ryan feels that it's incestuous and inappropriate. Yeah. Which is like, I I guess. Yeah. not. Inappropriate, I can see. Yeah. Incestuous? Not really. (laughs) No, because you're not, no. Even though, well, no. (laughs) In a really weird, twisted world, Julie is Kirsten's stepmother, which makes her Ryan's step-grandmother. Correct. Oh, figuring that out was fun. Correct. So if Julie and Frank were to end up together and Marissa was still alive, then Marissa and Ryan would be stepbrother, stepsister. Yes. Yes, there's no bloodlines being crossed. No, there's not. No. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me either. Anyway, so Ryan tells Taylor that he remembers how his dad is and feels that Julie actually deserves better. So Taylor doesn't take this as an answer. She goes and she questions Julie at the house. She's making smoothies. Mm. And Julie's like, what do you want, Taylor? And she just keeps going on and on about the bullet. And she's like, you must be so excited to marry him and to sleep next to him for the rest Ugh. of your life. And Julie's like, I've lost my appetite. I cannot. And you could tell she's like being turned off, which is this is Taylor's plan. And so Taylor gets her to admit that she's a case of the Franks. And she mentions that you shouldn't let Ryan stop you because of this. Because that was Julie's like, well, I can't do this to Ryan. I've done enough to that kid. Yeah. And she's like, but Ryan's the one that actually says you're too good for Frank. And she can't even believe that Ryan worries about her. Right. She's like, oh, that's sweet. Like, look at that. Yeah. So Julie visits Ryan at work and tells him that it's over with his father. But just so you know, I've dated a lot of bad guys and Frank isn't one of them. Right. Which it's like, huh? Does this stand? I I don't know. It's so funny. My uh, feelings towards Frank this episode I really enjoyed him and I really wanted him and Julie to be together and then when I sat down at the end I was like but he's a but he's from the core like a bad he's person a he's- but like we don't see that 
Exactly. And that's why they make it okay. But it's not okay. It's not okay. But Julie defending him, saying he's not a bad guy. Well, okay, maybe he did change in prison. And Ryan doesn't know that side of his dad. It's just hard to, like, push on the audience when you already know what his past was like. And so me, like, really liking Frank, I'm like, wait a second. You have to take a step back, Liz, and, like, understand that this is the same Frank that is Ryan's dad. Yeah, because for the past three years, all we've known about Ryan's father is he's an asshole. (laughs) He left. He was abusive. Right. He beat them. Wasn't supportive. And so now you're back and Julie's here saying he's not a bad guy. It's really hard to believe, even though we like this calm presence of Frank right right now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, so she states her case to Ryan, walks out. And this really resonates with Ryan. And so he ends up calling Taylor and asks, okay, what's the plan? The Frank and Julie plan, which I actually loved this, that Ryan's on board with a plan. I know I had such, I really enjoyed this episode, but I felt that like the Frank stuff messed with me, but I loved Ryan getting on board with plans because it's fun. Yeah. The matchmaker. Yeah. Anyway, Taylor, when she picked up this phone call, she's at the Roberts Cooper Casa. She hangs up. She's so excited, but she only sees that Caitlin was eavesdropping on the conversation. And Caitlin's like, uh... I don't know what you're doing because my mom loves the bullet. Right. And it's war, bitch. Yes. You're going down. And Taylor's like, no, I'm pretty sure we're team Frank and you're going down. And Caitlin's like, my team always wins. And Taylor's like, my team always wins. (laughs) Right. So both teams get to work. Caitlin tells the bullet that he needs to up his game and come up with the best plan ever. They have the money card. Yes. Taylor and Ryan, they meet with Frank and they say they're going to use the emotional card. So they're trying to get out of Frank like... What do you like about Julie? What is it about her? And then Taylor's like, oh, right. We're dealing with Atwoods on Bang- Valentine's yeah, Day. They have no, ex- they can't express themselves. But then he says that she totally gets me and we're from the same world. The same world. Which is a statement you we have not heard yet. Right. It's always, we're from different worlds. Right. So we get to Valentine's Day. Caitlin is waiting at the Yacht Club for Julie. She's wearing a Teen Bullet shirt. <laughs> Funny. She's dressing for the cause. Julie's so confused why she's there and notices the shirt. Ryan pulls in and pleads with Julie for her to go see Frank. And she says in another life, she wishes she could be there. But at this point, she has to mm. go with Caitlin. Yeah. So the limo pulls up. She gets into the limo. And we only to see that it's Taylor driving. Yeah. And she like gives a wink to Ryan. Yeah. (laughs) And Caitlin actually rushed her mom into this limo because she thought it was the right limo that she should have been in. Caitlin then sees another limo that Julie should have gone in. And Ryan tells her that Taylor rigged the GPS. And so she knew the route. Which Caitlin was like, damn, I should have done that. And then Ryan says that this is war, bitch. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Caitlin pretends to cry over this. He's like, oh, Caitlin. I- I'm like, please. I would never believe anything Caitlin's doing or pretending to cry. So Taylor pulls up to Frank's date, which is a food truck, kind of like a hot dog. It's cute. It's Frank's, a cute scenario. Yeah, Frank's, Frank's, Frank's. Frank's. Mm-hmm. You got the case of the Frank's. I just... I was today years old. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there's lights outside. There's a table. And Julie's so confused. Did Bullet buy her a hot dog yeah. truck? She then sees Taylor. She sees Frank. And Frank tells her that he loves her. 
And then he gives her a promise ring. Yeah, so it wasn't an engagement ring. It was just a promise, which is like, okay, makes more sense. It's sweet. It's very sweet. It's very, like, juvenile in high school or, like, you know, it's a sweet gesture. Like, I'm not ready now, but soon, one day. Right. Caitlin shows up and Julie tells Frank that she only has one daughter left. That daughter loves the bullet, even if I don't. Oh, God. (laughs) This is so bad. Right in the heart, she goes with Caitlin. In the limo, Caitlin is talking of the bullet and the date planned, which is a plane where she can go anywhere in the world. And Julie's just looking out the window. She rushes it off. It's clear she's not into this idea. And then Caitlin knows that shit. I can imagine she was going to curse. You know, she said like, oh no, but she realizes her mom doesn't love the bullet. Right. Which it's like, come on, Caitlin, open up your eyes. It's been a few weeks at this point. Your mom doesn't have it for the bullet. She's got the Franks. Yeah. So Caitlin ends up going to see the bullet by herself and figures out that Julie isn't into him anymore. Even though I guess he thought he never, she never, <laughs> she never was. was. And Caitlin asks, you know, I asked you to be my stepdad, but can we still be friends? Yeah. It's, it's so sweet. Like I said I last week, like she can just have this older guy figure who like treats her like a daughter but it's not and that's like a a nice relationship at least she's getting some sort of like parental figure whether it's like he he uses money to like show his affection i mean he's uh, he truly cares about caitlin he does because he you know it was like he's like yeah of course kiddo like i love you and they go off and they talk about ping pong cute at the frank date we have frank taylor and ryan they're sitting down, they're laughing, they're enjoying Froyo, and Frank is just so happy that he gets to spend time with his kid. Yeah. And he hasn't been able to do this in so long. Yeah, he's like, I don't care that Julie turned me down. I just get to spend time with you and eat this really amazing ice cream. And Taylor's like, I'm going to get some more. I'm like, I want this ice cream. I know, me too. <laughs> well, Julie pulls up, and Frank can't believe that she's actually here. He gets yeah, nervous. It's so cute. And it, see, like, here's but, like, the thing. Why? It's cute, but we're like, oh, my God. Then you remember who Frank was and is? I don't Right. Unless he had, like, some sort of brain transplant in prison where he's truly mentally a different person. It's hard to. It's really hard. Like, I, I, I want to like his character so much, and I think him and Julie are a good fit. But also, I, we don't see the bad side of him. We just hear about the bad side of him. So it's almost like what they said about him was a lie. Right. But it's, it's, not. it's not. And then we start to think, too, if we saw a bad Frank and then got to see the evolution of change. Right, like a redemption. We do this a lot in shows. Maybe we would like him a little bit I mean, maybe I probably like him just as much as I like him right now. (laughs) Right. Which is like weird. I know. It's such a weird feeling. It's hard to get past the abusive part. Right. There's a lot of parts to get past, but the fact that he was abusive. And so, I don't know. It's really hard. But again, I thought this was sweet as well. And so Julie says, suddenly I have a craving for a corn dog. Hmm. So they sit down. And then Ryan asked Taylor... If they want to take the limo for the remaining hours that they've rented it for, he grabs the roses that's in the vase on the cart, and he says that he has a newfound faith of love on Valentine's oh, Day. So because they, his dad and Julie got together, so it they, changed his mind. Yeah, and so they go off. It's a very cute scene. The two of them are in the limo, and they're joking about, where two G's? And she yeah, puts hat. it was cute. It's very sweet. All right. So... As As we some know. more heavy stuff. Now the heavier <laughs> stuff. 
As we know, Kirsten found out she was pregnant last episode. And so she's feeling very reminiscent of the past. She was also very, she's feeling very motherly towards Seth. Yeah. So she keeps having flashbacks of her and Jimmy Cooper when they were younger throughout this whole, it's like staggered. Yeah. Memories Great casting of Jimmy Cooper as a young kid. It's so good. I mean, hers is pretty good, but his is like so spot on. And Sandy too. Sandy, well, Max yeah, Greenfield. Max Greenfield, he's a great young Sandy. It's perfect. So the first one starts, uh, she's in the kitchen and Sandy enters and it snaps her out of it. Uh, and then we also find out in this kitchen scene, because Sandy and Kirsten talk about it, how they wanted to have a second one after right, Seth. Right, after Seth, but they couldn't. Right. Um, but then Kirsten's like, well, we did have one. It just came later in life. Right. Which, which made me cry. made me so... Ugh, I was like, yeah, I know. Anytime so Anytime they talk about Ryan... As like their own? I know. Same. It like, destroys me in a good way. Yes. Meanwhile, Seth and Summer, they're at the pier. They're talking about sea otters and Summer's website. She's doing so well with this. She's getting a lot of traffic on there. And Seth match- mentions Valentine's Day, and Summer pretty much forgot about She's it. She's like, oh, yeah, Valentine's Day. Which it's like, okay, Summer, that's fine. But on New Year's, you were going to rip Seth a new one mm-hmm. for really not planning mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. So right. You're so right. But here, Summer has found a passion for her to work on, which is great. And Seth is supportive of that. Yeah. I couldn't let that go, though. It's like, we just had a fight about... I, that's so true. I didn't even think about New that. Years. But anyway, they see a psychic in the square, and she predicts that Seth is going to go to Rhode Island to study art. Spot on. I thought it was so funny that she like, pushed him to, like, let's just go sit down. Like, oh, you didn't even... Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then she predicts that Summer has a strong vibration, which is... Which we know. So true. Uh, she should watch out for falling objects, and that she'll appear on the news with Justin Timberlake, and the great love of her life will be George. Yeah. Whoa. A lot. Seth goes off to get ice cream. Summer sits down. She keeps questioning about this woman, about her destiny. And then all of a sudden, a skateboard falls from above, almost missing Summer, and it's the Luke's. Yeah. And this confirms to be aware of falling objects. So this is like the first sign of like, oh my gosh, this psychic is telling the truth. Right. So Summer goes to Kirsten for pictures of them because she's putting together a collage of famous couples through time. Very cute. This is a present for Seth that she's working on. And she says, you know, like Romeo and Juliet, Fred and Wilma, obviously Sandy and Kirsten. Obviously Cohen. Sandy and Kirsten. Obviously. It was so nice to have that Kirsten summer moment. We never get that. And we were talking about that too a yeah. couple of episodes ago. We wish we saw more of this. They, that is her boyfriend's mother. Like yeah. you would expect them to have a little bit more of a relationship that they would show. I know. But Especially nice. since Seth has grown such a bond with Neil. Yeah, that's true. You know, so it's nice to see her and Kirsten. But so Kirsten's going through a memory box with Summer and she notices old pictures of Jimmy and Kirsten. And so Summer is like, oh, my God, is that Jimmy? What happened? The prom photo. It's just like Seth and mine. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And she tells her that, you know, she loved Jimmy, but it just wasn't going to work. And she also never imagined herself with Sandy, but she just felt it. Right. And when she, you know, you know. When you know, you know. And I think that stands true. I truly believe yes. that. When you know, you know. You have this gut feeling. And Kirsten can tell it's Summer's questioning on Seth. And I love Kirsten. And she's like, listen, it it will come. If you're yeah. questioning on Seth, just be patient. And Summer's like, I'm not very good with patience. And Kirsten's like, nobody is. But what's good about this is there's so many instances in real life. And I'm not going to name my example. But... 
with mothers and sons. And if a girlfriend were to come and be like, I'm not sure if your son is my forever. That would be really bad for them. A mama bear would come out. (laughs) Yes. And the fact that Kirsten's like, when you know, you know. Just be patient. I know. I love that. So sweet, Kirsten. Kirsten was very sweet in this episode. I really enjoyed her. Yeah. So then we go deeper into these flashbacks. And Kirsten goes through her box again the next day. She's in her bedroom. And we see her and a young Jimmy Cooper at the sweatshirt party. Yeah. Taryn is there. Taryn, young Taryn. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. And she makes a point. It's like, I feel like I'm going to be hearing side comments from her for the rest of my life. Yep. Which is so good to tie in her. Then, in the middle of this flashback, in real life, Sandy walks in. She snaps out of it. Yes. And Sandy notices that she's being really distant and she's hiding something. And so she ends up getting up. She brushes it off. He looks through the box and he sees there's just pictures on top. Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm just reminiscing of baby pictures of Seth. Seth when it's, None of the pictures in there are about Seth. Right. Seth fills in Ryan about the psychic and tells him that he's got the best idea for Valentine's Day for summer. So then we get another flashback. Yeah. And he remembers it's the fifth grade, spring of 1998. (laughs) We have a young Summer Roberts read a poem about a mermaid. And ever since then, Seth has been in love with her. He also saved that poem the whole time and decided he's going to frame it and give it to her to prove that they were meant to be together. It's very sweet. It's very sweet. It's creepy. A little bit. But it's sweet. Right, like, he saved this poem she threw in the garbage. <laughs> For, like, nine years. I mean, but at, at, at a young age. Yeah. But then as you get older, you're like, well. Wow. You a little really much. were in love with this girl. Mm-hmm. He goes to visit Summer, and she's watching the news and sees herself on it for her website. So now Summer's like, oh, my God, here I am on the news. And the newscaster makes a note to say that Justin Timberlake is performing at the bait shop. At the bait shop. What are the chances? But also... Bait shop. I know. Miss you. We never talk about that anymore. So much. Yeah. So she's totally freaked out. Seth comes in and he's like, listen, I know this psychic has a lot of credibility, which I love this line. Working at a kiosk and not charging for shit. Yes. (laughs) But here's why we're meant to be together and presents the poem only for someone to be like, oh, I didn't actually write that. Yeah. Ooh. Did you remember any of this, by the way? Yes and no. Like, very little. Yeah. The poem, the mermaid poem. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. pretty much it. Did we reference this before? We did. We did. That's what maybe why I remember it. Yeah. Uh, so we see Summer's perspective on the flashback. She's in a classroom. She's singing Spice Girls to Holly. Yeah. Which I'm like, where the fuck is Marissa? That's true. Because they, they were friends then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we also have a young Luke. I know. We should have done a young Marissa. I know. Because in Seth's flashback, we did have a young Luke. Yes, we did. Who makes a snide comment to Seth. But yeah, so Summer's singing Spice Girls to Holly, and then Taylor walks in. Bella Thorne plays young Taylor. Right. It's a weird choice, but... I know. And Taylor questions Summer on her poem, like, you know, your original poem. You have to go today. They're going in alphabetical order. Summer's like, shit. (laughs) Yeah, so she convinces Taylor to give her hers in exchange for a party invite. So... Now, back in real life, Seth and Summer are so confused. They're like, wow, what if we are each other's Jimmy Cooper? Oh, <laughs> I know. That's so shitty to think. And what's even more shitty to think is that Summer looks for Seth to be like, no, 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 you're right. And Seth is like, I don't, I don't know. know anymore. Yeah, he's like, mm, maybe I am. 
maybe you were mine. Right. <laughs> like, oh, no. Or I'm supposed to be with Taylor. Right. Technically, it's a Taylor's right. poem. But yeah. also, it's like no. anything Summer could have said, she could have been like, fart dog. <laughs> and he'd be like, yes. I'm keeping this poem. Fart exactly. dog for me. <laughs> so Kirsten brings Seth breakfast in bed. On Valentine's Day. Another sweet gesture. I loved her in this episode. And she explains that she's just feeling motherly towards him. He feel he fills her in on Summer and how they're wondering if they're each other's Jimmy Cooper, which leads him to ask Kirsten, like, whatever happened with you and Jimmy? And poor Kirsten. She must feel so, like, shitty for instilling this into her child and the child's girlfriend. Oh. Like, oh, am I your Jimmy Cooper? Like, that's that's Kirsten's life. It's awful. It's awful. And she even feels bad. She even apologizes to Seth. Like, I'm, if I got in Summer's mind, yeah. like, I'm so sorry yeah. for that. But she tells Seth that I think you actually found your Sandy Cohen. Because yes. I feel like you know that you love Summer and the reasons why you love her. And then she brushes over the matter of it doesn't matter what happened with me and Jimmy. So we get this flashback of Kirsten meeting Jimmy at the diner. And she says she can't do this anymore and needs to break up because she got into Berkeley. Right. And Jimmy's like, oh, come on. You're breaking up with me over that. Yeah. And Jimmy's working at the Newport Group. He's working for Cal. He runs off. But then we see uh, Kirsten enter a woman's clinic. Yeah. So you're like, okay, that's not the reason. Yes. Even though, and we didn't know that she had the abortion. Right. So we're like putting two and two together here. So back in real life... (laughs) A lot of jumping around mm-hmm. here. Sandy and Kirsten go to dinner on Valentine's Day, and Kirsten's not touching her dinner. She's like absent minded. She's not present. Sandy finally asks her what's going on, and Kirsten says, There's something I have to tell you that I've never told you. Can we please discuss this at home? So she tells him what happened. We don't see it. No, we don't, which is okay. It's fine. Yeah. Because like you we, can just put the pieces together yourself. Right. And we get an amazing flashback of a young Sandy and a young Kirsten and it's happening at Berkeley. Kirsten's approaching a young Sandy Cohen and he asks her, which I absolutely love this, if she's a Republican. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, duh. And he said, oh, I'm sorry, did you catch that from your parents? I hear it's hereditary. (laughs) I love it. It's so good. It's such a good line. Yeah. And then he gives her a Model Ferrero 84 pin. This is who I'm, you know, you should support. And ask Kirsten to coffee. Like, can we discuss it? I want to hear your points. And the rest is history. That's it. And so in real life, they're sitting on the bed while they're reminiscing. And she gives Sandy the pin. Yeah, she kept it all those years. I I loved it. it. It's kind of like like son, like mother, keeping the poem. Yeah, it is. That's true. Yeah. And she says that that was her lucky day because without... This scene. Did you cry? Yeah. I'm going to fucking cry just for me. But she said on that day, there wouldn't be a Seth or a Ryan. Or Ryan. I know. Oh I loved it so much. Oh I loved it. That oh. was my favorite scene. That was, yeah. It's so sweet. I just need a moment if everyone wants to like just pat their <laughs> eyes right now. Oh, okay. Summer ends up getting recruited by George. George. Who did you recognize who George was? Who Paul actually, who works for George? No, who is that? Like, sure. You don't know who that is? And why does it sound so familiar to me? Well, I mean, he create he worked on the office, created the good place. Oh, he also, oh Michael. And he also played Moe's. 
Dwight's cousin. Oh my! Oh, <laughs> he looks so different in a suit, and also not crazy like Moe's. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny! Yeah. Yes. Now I know. Yeah. So Paul comes to the house to recruit Summer for George, and they want her to take a year off of college to talk to college students about voting next year. Such a perfect summer job. I know. So Seth comes to visit Summer to tell her that when they were younger, he fantasized about her, right? Like he, about the idea of her. However, for the past 950 days that they've been dating, and yes, he counted the Zach era. The Zach era, because who would be kidding? kidding. (laughs) I love this so much. Love, love, love this statement. He said, you've evolved and turned into this incredible woman that I love and that I'm in love with. And then Summer believes that while Seth is her destiny, it doesn't mean that it's her only destiny. Right, which is, yes. Yeah. Thank you for coming to the realization. Yes. You can do more than one thing. Yes. And then she gives Seth his gift, and it's a collage of all the epic couples. And we see a little Kirsten and Sandy in there. And in the middle, she hopes that one day they can go in that spot. And this just made me love Seth and Summer all over again. It was very sweet. And... Seth is supportive and yeah he's I would hope so Ugh. that's how the episode ended yeah I like that that was a good idea I know the collage of all the famous couples yeah and the flashbacks were really fun yeah I was I was happy to see the flashbacks and again like the sweet Julie Frank moments it's like oh, man I'm like the genuine love of Sandy and Kirsten's like genuine genuine right like my heart yeah. is bursting and Seth and Summer I'm like even bursting like Seth like your statement there I'm like yes Seth this is why I've loved you since I was 16 and then we have the Frank and Julie we're like I'm happy for you Julie but like Frank ooh, I know I know anyway we're gonna take a break and we'll come back with all your questions and comments <laughs> Previously on One Tree Hill. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've never seen One Tree Hill. Join us on The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast as we cover One Tree Hill in its entirety, episode by episode. Where Simon takes me on a voyage of discovery to One Tree Hill. We're spoiler free. So if you're a first time viewer of One Tree Hill or a seasoned pro, we've got you covered. You can find us on all podcast platforms and at ravenshoops.net. He just became a raven. We are back from break. We're going to go into our trivia with our trivia correspondent. Remember last week when our two guests yeah, were know. like, what are we doing? It's like we, you've been here before. Yeah, really. You know how this goes. <laughs> uh, at Letitia underscore Dominique on Instagram, she says this episode explains in season one finale ties that bind. When Kirsten tells Sandy she knows what pregnant Teresa is going through, trying to decide whether to keep the baby or not or have a, or have an abortion. She didn't reveal to anyone, but in this, we get the rest of that story. Yeah, that's true. Max Greenfield plays a young Sandy, and on New Girl, Peter Gallagher plays Max Greenfield's character, yes, Smith's father. I know. I love it. Isn't that so I mean, good? The two of them playing each other's... It's so perfect. It's, it's so, so perfect. So good. Bella Thorne, as you said plays a young Taylor. She was nominated for the 2008 Young Artist Award for Best Performance in the TV series, and this was this episode. What? Mm-hmm. That's so bizarre. I know. Guest starring young actress. That she had such a small little part. <laughs> I mean, I actually good for her. loved all her fashion. Like, I would wear a young Taylor right now. Yeah. 
In Seth's flashback in sixth grade class, young Seth tells young Luke that it's 11 months and six days until the Matrix premieres. The Matrix was released on March 31st, 1999, so the date of that flashback is April 25th, 1998. Oh, yeah. That's a whole mess up there. (laughs) That's not even close. Uh, Her comments. She loves the transatlanticism. Transatlanticism. Nope. (laughs) How would you say that? I know it's Death Cab. Transatlantic. I can't say it. Transatlanticism. Thank you. That's what Tish is trying to say. <laughs> For some reason. There's there's another word in my life that I cannot say without... Charcuterie? No, I learned how to say uh. that one. <laughs> chupacabra. Oh, chup- chupacabra. I can't yeah, say it Chupacabra. Fast. Chupacabra. That's so... It's like the phonetic. <laughs> anyway, uh, she notices the poster in Seth's room and also loved how the bait shop was mentioned. Yeah. She also really enjoyed how in the end, Julie chose Frank. She knows Bullet is better for her and Caitlin, but Julie choosing her heart was so sweet. Yes, it was. She said, you asked for season four opinions on if it was different in terms of storylines and plot lines. She says, I definitely would have put college in there at least for a little bit. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit. It would have been nice to see flashbacks to the period from June to November after Mm. Marissa's death. Yeah. See Taylor in Paris and stuff like that. Maybe even see Ryan try university, drop out, and come home the same time as summer. Yeah, we could have had all of that. Yeah. Although, I don't mind what we ended up with. And then she says, I would have honestly broken up Seth and Summer. I love them OTP, but have them broken up until like 4.15. Honestly, have them see other people and realize that they are meant to be. Yeah, see... I would agree with that. I could do it. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Tish. Thanks. Jess at Mrs. Boquist. She has a couple of goofs to start us off. Looking through old photographs of herself and Jimmy Cooper in high school, Kirsten told Summer that she got her perm because she had just seen Top Gun. Yeah. Which was released in 1986. Yes. However... When Kirsten and Sandy meet for the first time, he was campaigning for Mondell and Ferrero, which took place in 84. Yeah, not... Whoa. So messy. Oh, my God, guys. Come on now. So messy, guys. What's so happening? Bad. I know. <laughs> they got too excited or something. Yeah. Geez. Yeah. They could have done so much more with that. I know. Another goof, the scene where Taylor meets Frank in the hotel room, we see a lot of different dispositions of pillows in the bed throughout the conversation. <laughs> Each time Frank shows up, the pillows are disposed differently. Good pickup. She says this episode was originally going to be called The Destiny, but the title was changed in favor of a more comedic The Case of the Franks, a reference to Julie's ailment. Oh, okay. The Destiny. Jeez. Mm-hmm. The George representative Paul is played by Michael Shore which we discussed, but this is also the husband of J.J. Feldman. Oh, look at that. The power couple. Right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa Dolores, she sent us a message when she was watching this episode, and she's like, holy Moses, it's Moses. <laughs> <laughs> which made me <laughs> Oh, my God. I never would have gotten that. You know Moses how, it, you know like how much I pay character. attention to Moe's, though? Not so much. He, that character, though, always cracks me, me up too. whenever he appears. <laughs> Moe's is so fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's ironic that the psychic tells Summer that her great love will be with the name George. 
because after the OC, Rachel Bielsen went off to star in Heart of Dixie, which is also created by Josh Schwartz, which one of her main love interests is indeed a man named George. Oh my goodness. Which, update, for whoever listened yeah, to our Yeah, you were episode, watching that. It's much, I'm much enjoying it. Oh good. I'm now four episodes in. So there we go. Uh, the flashback of Sandy and Kirsten meeting at Berkeley shows them talking about the 84 election where Mondell and Ferrero were running the Democratic ticket. Geraldine Ferraro was the first woman to be running as a VP candidate, which is crazy timing as we now have a female VP right? candidate. Right, that's so true. In this upcoming election. Yeah, look at us lining it up. Here we go. <laughs> uh, questions and comments. After a couple of Met episodes, Jess really enjoys this one. Mm. I wholeheartedly agree with yes. you, Jess. The cream brulee that Taylor is eating at dinner with Ryan and Frank looks too loose and it's bothering Yes, her. it was loose. Why did we need a close-up of that? We didn't. It, it wasn't appealing looking. So yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I can understand. She says, I can understand why Julie was give, willing to give Bullet a chance in the last episode because of Caitlin. But now why is it so clear that she isn't into him? I hate that she is still dating him. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Jess. Yes. Jillian. Jillian. At Jillian Loves Beyonce. She says, I hate Frank. <laughs> He's a creep. Your daughter found a man who loves you and her and would be a perfect stepfather for her. And you choose a batterer with a compulsive lying habit who buys you carnival food. She's not attracted to him, though. But the moment with <laughs> Caitlin and Bullet at the end is perfect. I shed a tear. Yeah, it's very sweet. I know. Hey, I, I, I'm yeah. Team Julie. She doesn't team need to Julie. be with Frank, but she's not physically attracted to Bullet. She doesn't. You she's can't. wanting to learn to love him, but she's not doing it quick enough. And so you can't force it. You can't force it. And there's no connection there. And no, it's clear. she just didn't feel it. Right. Thank you, Jillian. Yes. Mike at Dell underscore Vasto. He says, speaking of Teresa, he thinks it would have been a good twist if it was her address that was near Ryan's bed. Oh. And when Taylor knocked on the door, Teresa answered. I mean, hey, would have been. been a whole new a whole, plot line. Right. We would have had to have a hundred more episodes. <laughs> yeah. He loved the scene of Kirsten bringing Seth breakfast in bed. Me too. Have either of you ever been to a psychic? He said he'd like to go out of curiosity. Jess also asked this question. I know you have been. Hmm. I went... The only time I've ever gone, Angela and I got extremely drunk down in Patchogue. Did you go see the woman? And we, yes, upstairs. We went to oh, the no, woman no. upstairs. We just walked in. Were we in Patchogue or were Jeff? We were Patchogue because we went to Rum. And she must have knew we were like so drunk. And she's like, yeah, whatever, $15 for 15 minutes or whatever it was. And she's like, you already, this is when I was saying, you already found the love of your life. You're going to do great in your career, blah, blah, blah. And I left. I was like, this vision, don't. She just wanted my money and she knew I was drunk. But that was the only time. But I would like to go. Not Maybe not to one. Well, are we saying psychic versus like. Um, a medium? Like a medium. I know you've been to mediums, but have you been to psych a psychic? Yeah. So I've been to a medium and yeah. two psychics. I went to a medium when my my dad passed away and my mom and sister went to this guy and he was great yeah yeah it was too soon for me yeah and they had amazing results to the point where he mentioned at the time we just got our kitten solely who you hear meow all the time and she was young (laughs) and he said like oh your dad likes to play 
with your cat at the end of the bed. And at the time, Soli would sit at my mom's edge of the bed and like play with something in the air. Mm -hmm. Like how? Right. Right. So then a couple of years later, I was like, I'm ready. I want to make an appointment for this. So, and I was dating Aunt and Sam was with John. Yeah. (laughs) And I guess mentally I wasn't ready for this because I got really drunk with a woman I used to dog sit for. I was helping her move (laughs) and she gave me sangria. So I was like, okay, so I had like sangria and then aunt drove us out there and I was like, oh my gosh. And so I sat in the room with this guy for an hour and I recorded it. I still have the recordings. Yeah. And he mentioned things like he said, you know, your dad really likes who you're with right now. He wasn't a fan of Joe, which is like, whoa, because Mm. Joe was my ex. Yeah. And he mentioned how he liked Amy. He like named people. Yeah, it's strange. Which was super weird. Uh, psychics went to one when I was 23 it was a she worked where she just wrote things Mm. and it was like 20 minutes and she would scribble and she told me how the person I'm with was a good choice that was aunt um my ex was he served a purpose for the time Mm -hmm. I don't know why the time was like am I with the right like when you ask that and then she said I see you writing books children books the psychic medium the medium also told me my dad sees me writing cookbooks or children's books. That's so strange. The third psychic I went to was in Patchogue, but it was at that place we used to go to for like birthdays. That little wine bar. And I'm drawing a blank of what it was oh, called. Oh, Delvino, which is not there anymore. Bellavino. Bellavino. Yeah. yeah. Which was like the hot spot for everyone's birthdays. Yeah, time. yeah. And when my friend Brittany lived here, we went to that psychic and her name I think was like Marie. And she was so aw- like had didn't even come close to anything. However, <laughs> she said, "I see you writing children's books." What three so out of three? three times? I got told to write books, or and I was like, "What?" So that was always crazy. Oh, I want to hear other people's stories. I know they have. So, guys, if you've gone, send it and let's discuss it in after dark next yeah. week. Yeah. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah. Uh, he then asked, "Why do Kirsten?" Why does Kirsten still have pictures of her and Jimmy when they were dating? Shouldn't she have gotten rid of those years ago? Have either of you kept something from a previous relationship? He recently learned that with social media after a breakup, some people delete posts that have the relationship at a center point. Mm -hmm. But if it's in a picture with other friends, they keep it. Mm -hmm. For him personally, he's only kept things that have to do with A, Harry Potter, or Lego related. (laughs) All things are trash. Other things. Yeah. um, I recently got rid of pretty much all of really? my the last one past yeah like i can't think of one thing that i have that's from any of my exes i have high school notes i still have them i in mean the box in the closet i have high school notes but they're not from they're like from friends like i kept ones from like sam would write me or like the fortune tellers oh, that yeah. sent me you know like yeah. things like that but X wise, like especially when I moved out, I was like trash. I don't need any of this stuff. Yeah. And then it's hard for me to even remember. Like, did this person get me this? Ooh. I haven't even. I mean, I know obviously I know what Randy has gotten me in our <laughs> years of dating. But I was like, shit, what, did this person get me this? But also with the Facebook my, MySpace, like you know that stuff. Uh, purge, 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 purge. If I get on the memories. Delete, purge, purge, purge. <laughs> I have deleted kind of like what you said, Mike. If it's just me and my ex gone, 
Yeah, but, but if they're in a photo, there's some eh. pictures up from Hardee's and he's in the background or we're in yeah, a like shot. that's okay. Whatever. It doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. It means nothing. But like physical, like the two of us, gone. Yeah, no. Gone. I don't have pictures of us. And it's like, I don't ever think I would want to remember, not that I wouldn't want to remember the relationship, but like, why would I need to look at that photo? Right. And mean, I don't want it to mean anything to me. It doesn't mean anything to me. So... Like, I don't need to keep it. And if it's gone from the internet, it's gone from the internet. And then that's okay because I don't need to ever have it back, even though nothing is always gone on the internet. I know. I'm sure someone could find it somewhere. But it also depends on the breakup, I think, too. Well, yeah, because, you know, when you have a little bit of a more volatile, vicious relationship where it kind of ends where, you know, maybe not so good, then you don't want to look at them. But... I don't know, maybe your sisters. <laughs> no, but I was going to say Sam and John. Sam and John have been friends for years. Uh, both married. Stuff. They've kept things, I'm sure. It's not, again, we're a weird friend group here. We like to keep it in the fam and rotate. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it's normal to us, but our exes are not in the group really anymore. No, they're not. <laughs> so no, they're gone. No, no, they're no, gone no. from the picture. Yes. You know. Every case is different. Exactly. Yeah. The mermaid poem, they did not need to do this and make it like for Taylor was there the whole time. I I understand what you're saying, Mike. And then he says, why would Summer be talking to Holly over Marissa? Not a fan of this. Yeah, I feel like we could have had Marissa. We were going, we had the whole what if scenario. We were going, we referenced her. It's not like we're not referencing her. So why couldn't we have young Marissa? It's a good way of getting away with it. It's a young actress. It's not Misha. So Right. Right. Yeah, I kind of wish they would have done that instead. Agreed. Thank you, Mike. Livia at Livia Cantadori Iglesias. She also loved the flashbacks in this episode. She's a Kirsten and Sandy super fan. And she felt that the abortion story was very touching and loved the scene when they first met. Yeah. Uh, Her and Mike also agree that the young Sandy is a perfect Sandy. He was a young Travolta in something, too, and I can't remember what it was, and I remember thinking he was a good John Travolta as a young person, too. Yeah. Hmm. What was it? I don't remember. She asked, what flashback was your favorite? Huh. I guess guess Sandy and Kirsten. Yeah. my favorite, too. Right, because as much as I enjoyed watching that actor play young jimmy because i feel like he was so good i like getting to know sandy and kirsten the history yeah sweet very sweet she says also anyone else hate young jimmy and young kirsten jimmy scenes she's just a super candy fan oh <laughs> i don't i wouldn't necessarily think i say I hate them no but, but you we, know yeah it's jimmy <laughs> thank you olivia vic at muse chick she loved ryan and this Ryan and Taylor in this episode, especially when he looked at her in the end when they were talking about true love on Valentine's Day Mm. and them in the limo. Even though Taylor can't stop meddling, you don't even really see Ryan get that mad at her. No, he doesn't. But I got mad at her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She says she loves seeing the flashbacks like most, but also the fact that we got to see a baby Luke, Summer and Taylor. Yeah, that was cute. I don't really think I'm on either team, but I just like seeing Julie happy. 
She's glad that Caitlin finally realized that she can't be selfish and also happy that she kept her friendship with the bullet. Yeah, I'm glad for that too. And so I think we have our answer here, but she asks, whose team are you on? Bullet or Frank? <sighs> I mean, Julie's team. Yeah, it's there's no choice because I don't think either are the most perfect choice for her. Yeah. I don't know who would be at this point. Maybe someone we haven't met yet. Right. And then she asks, what do you do on Valentine's Day? Which I think we've talked about. Do you go in or stay out? And then if you can spend Valentine's Day anywhere, where would it be? Money, not an issue. Oh, that's so hard. Uh, the last two years, we've, think, last year we made dinner together. What did we do the year before that? <laughs> oh, we went into the city to see Frozen. No, that was no. Bridget and John. Was it? I'm like, no, that wasn't me. Was it Wicked? No, it wasn't. I forget what we did. We went to the bar, the How I Met Your Mother bar. And we went to the love thing. And I don't think we did. I think we just went into the city just to go into the city. But that was fun. Yeah. I know. You guys have been dating for a long time, so. Well, I mean, <laughs> I feel like I have like a really... I think we talked about this, how we went to trivia this year. Oh, we yeah. We talked about this on this podcast, or maybe it was Gossip maybe Girl. Maybe it was a different one, yeah. But yeah, that was super fun. We usually just do low-key things and cook good dinner. But if we could spend it anywhere and money's not an issue. Oh, my goodness. I think I actually would still spend it at home, but then just splurge even more on, on food. On food and wine and, yeah. By the way, I got a splurge-worthy item that I'm going to give you a spoonful when we're done with this oh podcast. Oh, my goodness. Over the weekend... I visited some friends and we had a charcuterie board. Oh, so good. And with the charcuterie board, which maybe you've already had, was truffle honey. Mm. Have you had this? I mean, I've had things like this, yes. It is liquid gold. Now, if you're a fan of truffle, because people either love it or hate it. Yeah, it's like complete ends of the spectrum. And this is super, super potent. Mm. It was so good. So we like had crackers, a little cheese, and then fake preserves, and then the oh, yes. truffle honey. Yes, 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 so yes. When we got home and Aunt was doing the grocery shop, I was like, please, please buy me this. Buy us, because he likes it too. And he brought it home, and it's the same exact one. Where did you guys get it? Whole Foods. Oh, Whole Foods. And so our housemate who lives above us, Andrew, who's very into truffle, and yeah. he's my foodie partner Yeah, he loves, he loves good food. Yeah. We had that before you came. I was like, come down for a truffle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, so good. So I'm going to get it. That's my shout out for Truffle Honey, in case anybody was wondering. Uh, but that's all of our questions and comments wow. this week. Now I really want a charcuterie board. Oh. Just like next time we have a Tenio Rubenstein we, thing, we should do charcuterie. Big charcuterie. Yes. Yes, we should. Oh, yes. Just like <laughs> right? Huge. I'm like, my stomach's like, mm. I know. I also have fun <laughs> snacks for Gossip Girl this week. <laughs> Okay, let's get into sure. our little segment. Fashion first? Yeah, what do you got? Um, I have Taylor's black polka dot shirt with the skirt. Yes. Very cute. I actually liked her brown top in the beginning of the Yeah, episode. like it was off the shoulder, but not. Mm-hmm. I liked uh, Julie's black and white silk shirt. I like Caitlyn and Julie's hair. They're, Julie, at one point, I'm like, she is stunning. She's so gorgeous. Her so hair, her it eyes. Hurts me. She's hot tamale. Wow, I only have two items on here. I also, obviously, I 
every single time Ryan's in a black t-shirt. It's, I have it too. And it's every week. I know. Since the beginning of four, well, he has not, not been in a black t-shirt. It's his job attire. I know. It's good. Which, like, by the way, all these people go to, it's like always like this in TV shows, but all these people come in and out of his job. Like he's trying to work and they're like talking to him. Ryan, you closing up? Okay, can I get fired? Like my boss would be like, no, clean. Go mop the floor. Like whatever you have to do. But it's just funny that that's how the shows go. I have the team bullet tee. Yeah. That was cute. And then Julie's olive green dress that she wore to Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. She looks so good. Yeah. How many smiles do you have? I have six. I have One, seven. Two, three. Yeah, it's hard to see. It's six. I have seven. Vic also had seven. She said she counted one smirk mm. towards Caitlin. Mm-hmm. So like we're all in the same yeah. ballpark. Okay, good. Yeah. Do you want to do quotes? Sure. What do you got? Well, we did have a second one later in life. Oh! I love so much. Julie Cooper, you have a case of the Franks. Well, I can sum it up in one word. Bang. <laughs> Ryan Atwood is worried about me. How about that? Top Gun had just come out. I wasn't thinking. Julie says, Taylor, I have a child. I have no job. I don't even own this house. Besides, I don't think Ryan would approve. God knows I put that kid through enough. Mm. Holy guacamole. A holy guac. Sorry. What if we are each other's Jimmy Cooper? It's war, bitch. I forgot who we're dealing with here. Atwood's on Valentine's Day. I love, and yes, I counted the Zach era because who are we kidding? So good. What are you guys, KGB? (laughs) Julie said that. (laughs) Yes. I have two Taylors, but I don't know which one I want to pick. Actually, I have three. Taylorisms? Well, three Taylor quotes that I really liked, and now I have to feel like I have to pick which one is going to be my Taylorism. Okay. Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. That Taylor. <laughs> Another quote I have, Peanut, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. So sweet. Yeah. Okay, let's see. What's your Taylorism? Taylor. 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 Ah, that Taylor. Yeah, what are we going to talk about? I've never met an awkward silence that I couldn't fill. Consider it your Valentine's gift to me. Oh, not that we're celebrating. Yeah, I know. I was going to pay for that. That's mine, too. <laughs> Which, to be honest with you, resonated with me because that's how I feel. <laughs> like, fun fact, if you ever meet me in person and at the Tree Hill Talk events or the One Tree Hill events where we went as Tree Hill Talk, if I ever met any of you, you probably noticed that, like, I don't do silence. <laughs> So like I she's will, always good for like if there's something that's like kind of lagging. She's like, well, so what? Yeah. I am just I will. F- I'm keep always it like, talking. thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, I just don't do silences, so I will just keep oh, talking. It's so great. Such I will a great ask quality. you questions. I will just and not. I feel not in an obnoxious way. No, it's never obnoxious. I'm like genuinely curious and want to know how you are and feeling. Uh, Vic's Taylorism was, it's all over your face. Your lips are quivering. Your cheeks are rosy. Hmm. And then Jess had idea coming in. And here it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. MVP and shittiest. I struggled. I act. I have my MVP. I don't have a shittiest. I have both, but I'm not like that thrilled with it. I have a little bit of a blue ribbon for MVP as well. Okay. So let's do MVP first. Okay. Three, two, one, Kirsten. Which I have a feeling Taylor's your shittiest. I won't spoil anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so I chose Taylor for believing in love. 
And as much as the meddling wasn't right, she was doing it from a good place in her heart. And she did get Ryan and his father to talk and fought for Julie because she just went through a shitty marriage and she knows you should just go with your heart. And Mm -hmm. so for that, I chose Taylor. That's a good choice. Yeah. I picked Kirsten because I loved her motherly advice and the way she treated Seth and she finally told Sandy her big secret she's been keeping for all these years of their marriage. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just thought she was just so sweet and gentle and she cared. And we loved the scene with her in summer and how summer was kind of like saying maybe Seth's not her Sandy Cohen and Kirsten was okay with that. She's like, whatever it is, it is. Yeah. I know. I really like that too. Yeah. And I also had a little blue ribbon for Seth. I enjoyed him this episode. Oh, I, my God. Towards the end where he was kind of like, wait, am I your Jimmy Cooper? That was not my favorite. But the fact that he still kept the poem, even though maybe it's a little bit creepy, I just thought it was sweet. Like, he just always has loved Summer. And he was like, let's do this is our Valentine's Day. And also came to the realization of the reason, like, he's when and whenever he's acting like stupid and someone questions him, like with Neil right about like oh you just love my daughter because she's cool and good looking mm. and then he's like well no actually look at this woman she's become right like he speaks to before he thinks and then Kirsten's like but this is not how it's going he's like oh you're right okay now well, I, I understand there's a and I just love that he just shout out the Zach era because like, oh so funny who are we kidding who are we kidding, who are we kidding? I was always there it was always me oh, it was so perfect yeah I'm telling you, like Michelle Melt. I wow, she's back all over again <laughs> for Seth Cohen. Our sweet friend on Instagram at Kaylee Waters, she sent us a Instagram live video with Keiko and Adam Brody talking about what's Lane. happening. I know about politics and writing letters, and it was just so fun. Yeah, it was cute. To see the two of them see each other. They haven't seen each other since they worked together. Apparently. She's like, how you been the last 15 years? And Adam, he, it was just nice to see him as himself and caring about something and being lighthearted with her. Yeah. And he even, I told Liz, he made a joke about he would knock on people's doors to, you know, try to get them involved. And he said, I went to Orange County. Like, I went to Orange County because TV always has to be involved in my life. And she found that hysterical. And she's like, did anyone recognize you? And he was like, no, not really. Like, maybe one person. <gasps> that's but, so like, crazy. That's so, like, putting yourself in the world. And I was like, yep. And I, I wasn't a fan of that beard, though. I'll take it. I'm fine. <laughs> a, a bearded Adam. Yeah. I feel like it. I almost just wanted to, like, photo, like, just keep his like, face. Trim it? trim it in. It was just so, f- so much facial hair. But, hey, he's a new dada. He, yeah, <laughs> and they talked about that a little bit. Yeah. It was just really sweet. It was a really good video. Jess chose Taylor for MVP, and Vic chose Ryan. Anyway, shittiest. Yeah, I have no one, so you have. It was the floor. it was extremely hard for me to pick, and I just went with my gut, and I did pick Taylor. I get it. I just felt like from the moment we opened the episode, Taylor was like, and like normally. That's cool with me. I love Taylor. But for some reason, I was like, let's just pump the brakes, Taylor. Let's have just a normal day. I was off of the last two weeks where everything was so silly. I was like, can we just get like a normal episode? And it was normal for the most part. But it's always a Taylor 
heavy episode when there's like scheming and mischief and let's do this plot and let's help out this situation. It's like, I get it. I don't, it's just not necessarily shitty. It just didn't, she didn't, didn't resonate. I didn't resonate with her this week. It was hard though. Yeah. Uh, Jess chose Caitlin. Yeah, I can see the that. On Julie. But she understood in the end. Right. Patron of the week? Patron of the week. It's patron of the it's week. Patron patron of the week. Of it's patron of the week. It's This week, I chose not a new patron, but someone who's been with us for a while and now is starting to reach out a little bit more because he has some free time. I'm talking about you, Saucy Shawnee. Shawnee. (laughs) We were so happy to hear from you last week in regards to the Gossip Girl episode. You are generally always there for the Netflix parties and we get to talk to you and you and Mike are so cute. I just freaking love everyone every week. But we just want to say thank you for your continued support. I know you've been busy. You don't have to apologize to us for not reaching out. Like, whenever you can, we are always welcoming it. I loved getting your email. So just wanted to say thank you and that we recognize you're still here and we're so glad that you are. Thanks, Sean. Love your participation in Gospel yes, Netflix parties. We do. Okay, Liz. Yay. Oh, my goodness. Episode 14. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm gagging. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> oh God. Oh, it hurts. It like have a weird pain in my stomach you know a little what's bit. Weird is these weeks are going so fast. I got the chills a little bit. And next week I'll be reading you, and I'm not the rushing. penultimate. Yes. Which Dom and Simon are going to come on for. I'm excited. But what I'm saying is next week I will be reading you the haiku for the penultimate, which is crazy. Right. Because the penultimate is the penultimate is the penultimate. And then it's the finale is the finale, the 44 general minutes, or is it extended? Do we know? I, I could assume it's just a normal. I think it's a normal. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's not, it's not very often these days that shows get that like extra 25 minutes, half hour, whatever. I know. Okay, but I'm ready. Okay, so here's your haiku for season four, episode 14, The Shake Up. Oh, oh. Ano- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Another birthday with pending three little words. Oh, geez. Natural disaster. Oh, my God. That's next week? Well. Th- is it in the end of next week? Well. If something a natural disaster happens, for those who don't know what happens, I don't want to spoil it, but a natural disaster happens, which like shakes up the whole fucking town. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Taylor's birthday. She wants Ryan to say, I love you. We're not there. We're not there. Nowhere even close. Oh my goodness. It's only been not even two months at this point. Pump the brakes. I'm not here for it. I love Ryan and Taylor. I think that in another universe, maybe down the line in their thirties, totally cute. Right now, it's you're pushing it a little bit, right? <laughs> Which me. is so funny because like, you are a huge Ryan and Taylor fan. Starting this season. I was so excited and I knew there was a very big potential that my feelings would change. And that's what happens, right? Age, life, perspective, the things we talk about every single week. Um, I'm hopeful I feel different next week. I think, Michelle, like, no, you won't. <laughs> I don't know why all of a sudden my like wheels have changed 
for Taylor just at the moment. I'm hopeful that I'm, I love her again next week. It wasn't that I didn't love her. I don't know. It was, it was like, I don't need it in the episode. I'd rather have focused more on, believe it or not, the Seth and Summer stuff or Kirsten and Sandy. I feel like the, the Ryan Taylor, the railer stuff didn't need to be because we do this all the time. It's like, oh, we don't want to celebrate. We're not going to. But in the end, we did. Here, here's a question for you. Yeah. So season one and season two had so many episodes. Yes. Right. And we're like, wow, I can't believe so much has happened this season. And we we always say we feel like it's spinoff. We feel like it's different. Yeah. It's almost like an accelerated course of the OC. Yes. And we're trying to make it believable that Ryan and Taylor are like the OTP uh, Frank and Julie are supposed and it's right hard. they're like they're pushing it really really hard Best. and while we enjoy it and we're like yes surface level do I feel it in my heart of hearts I no don't. I don't and that's because I th- think we haven't seen the growth enough we kind of need those long drawn out right. seasons we kind of do you gotta like drill it into us for a couple of seasons that's why when we right. look at Sandy or at least, Pearson, we're like we love them. yeah or at least Beginning of season four, maybe we saw a blossom of Taylor and Ryan. And then towards the end, it was like, okay, it's been months and months now. Maybe better. Right now, it's like a little bit forced. And we've been saying this since the beginning. Like, Did they need to throw them together? No. Do I like them together? Yeah, I do. Do I think they're, you know, endgame? I don't. Not, maybe it's too soon to tell. Maybe it's too soon like to tell. I feel like in finale we can discuss that. Oh, yeah. And no. truly watch it with fresh baby Yeah, eyes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fresh eyes that are oh just... Oh, my goodness. Here we go and analyzing every single bit and moment. Right, because, I mean, it, she's expecting him to say, I love you. We're past... Let's just say we're past Valentine's Day. So we have to be at least into March. I don't, unless we do a big time jump or a few weeks, months next week. Do you think I that will, happens? <laughs> In After Dark. In After Dark. We'll talk about that. Okay. Because otherwise you can't justify that for me. Hey, when you know, you know, I felt like Randy and I, we said I love you pretty quickly. I think it was really after like three-ish months. Like I knew after that point. Yeah, me too. So like you, I mean, you just know, I mean, in, like you like know it in your bones, but like maybe you don't say it yet <laughs> kind of thing. So I feel like, may- all right, maybe I should give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, let's stretch it a little bit. But also, I don't feel it. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the story? We're having lots of stories Lots of this, story times. We're Hope family. you guys like it. We're all family, right? I think you guys like hearing some personal notes. Did I ever tell you the story of Aunt Michelle's first I love you? It happened on the cruise. And I was <laughs> like, you're drunk. You won't remember this tomorrow. Oh. And I argued with him. And he's like, I'm not no like I love you and I was like okay well let's just wait till tomorrow <laughs> and then the next day he's like I love you and I was like oh but mm. let's wait till tomorrow <laughs> typical Michelle not Tip- to so typical Michelle having defensive walls up but yeah I think it's just hard to and then here I am as you're talking I was thinking about like if I watch a series on Netflix it's 10 episodes right and so much happens and then you're like Oh, but these characters make sense, and 10 episodes is enough to see this story play out. But here, I think because we have so much history with other characters and we've seen it, it's hard to have this stick and be with us. Yeah. Yeah. You did a good job on your guess. Thank you. I mean, there's only so much more I can remember about this show, so there's a couple couple of things I got to check off the checklist. Right. 
So they have to be coming in the next three. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm excited to talk after dark because this is when Michelle actually tells me what happens. <laughs> and I get really excited for the next week. Uh, but good job. Uh, we got two new reviews. I saw one this morning. I was like, what is happening? It's so awesome. If you're an Apple podcast listener, first off, thank you so much for listening Our show to is us. ending. Our show is ending, <laughs> as you know. But if you are a listener on that platform and you haven't yet, please consider leaving us a review. We actually are ranking higher in after shows. I know. So this is a huge deal. Plus it makes, when I tell you Monday, we get the email from Chartable and it's like, this is where you rank. And then the reviews come in. And when you see the green arrow up, I'm like, like, yay. (laughs) You guys are helping it grow. Yeah, you don't realize, but you are. Oh gosh, it's just so special. It's Chris all over Mm -hmm. again. So I'm going to read our two reviews. The first one is from No Names Available, 273-45927. Okay. Awesome podcast, five stars. I found these ladies when I was searching for a One Tree Hill podcast, and I love their podcast, Tree Hill Talks, so much, I started watching The O.C. and Gossip Girl when they started their new podcast because I wanted to hear more from them. Who are you? They truly love engaging with their listeners and creating a podcast community. Thank you. This That's is all the I truth. want. Yes. That's all I want is our community to talk. We love all of you guys from all of the pods. All of them. Our second one is from Silver Screen Lex. Lexi! I didn't know I could love the OC more than I did five stars. <laughs> These ladies are the best. They are hilarious, so on point with their theories. And honestly, I just want to be their OC bestie. Well, girl, you, you are. are! You're all our besties. <laughs> She says, because I would really consider myself the OC biggest fan, but don't worry, Michelle, I'm not taking your crown. <laughs> Honestly, Lexi, I feel like you brought in that score information. Like, I think you're definitely. Yeah, Michelle just has like a nostalgic like a, love, like true love from the court with this show. Like, I have a really big emotional attachment. Yeah, but I don't know if like we went to really hard trivia. I don't know. I think I'd be pretty good. <laughs> I think you'd be great. But like, there's some questions I feel like they'd be like, what's like you know, the nail polish on summers and this, whatever. And then people will know you'd be like, oh, shit. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, that. exactly. True. Yeah. You are the highlight of my week. And it makes me so sad that I joined so late because season one is my favorite and I wasn't here. Hmm. I'm sure I could speak for everyone here by saying that you ladies are such a light. I couldn't recommend this podcast enough. Love Silver Screen Lux. Thank you so much. Silver Screen Lex. Lexi. Lexi, it's so sweet. She's now part of our Patreon community. Thank you so, so much for your kind words. She sent me today a picture on Instagram of her watching our live streams when we used to do that. From Tree Hill Talk? Let's Talk OC. Oh, from Let's Talk OC. I was like, oh my God, what a throwback. Yeah. I actually forgot we did that. Man, YouTube, why can't we do that anymore? But I shared with her that we do Netflix parties for Gossip Girl, which if you are a Gossip Girl fan, you should check out our three Gossip Girls podcast. Uh, And we have a Patreon network that we always talk about. And it's a huge community over there. We do Netflix parties for our Gossip Girl each week episode that we're watching. You get the episodes up a day early. They're ad free. We do birthday club. We have a topic Tuesday, a forum where we all can just talk about anything and everything. It's really fun. And it helps support us. Yeah. Yeah. So we, really, we love you guys. We really appreciate it. Those such sweet re- reviews. I, I mean, 
Whenever I, whenever someone and whoever, even last week, I'm listening to the episode and remember how I was saying like my eyes get smaller and smaller when Bobby was like praising us. I still in the car today, I was my eyes were getting smaller and smaller. I was just like, just grinning from ear to ear. Like your words mean so much. And the fact that you know how much Michelle and I put into this each week, every week, all day, 24 seven, it just, it means so much that you guys can appreciate and recognize that we do because we do it for you. I mean, that's the whole purpose. And just the connection. Yeah. And I think my, I say it all the time, like my favorite thing is talking television. Yes. And if we can talk to other people, but then from there, maybe learn something about each other. Yeah. And connect through a medium that we all love and a topic which at the surface is right now the OC, but then right. we can know certain things about each other. I think that's amazing. Right. We've gained so many friends. So many friends. Yeah. And then you have become friends with each other. Yeah. Which is even more <gasps> so amazing that people like consider each other friends, like yeah. not just because of like because of us, but not yeah. because of us. We're just really happy awesome and super proud. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. Uh, stay tuned for After Dark. That's after the credits. And we will be back next week for season four, episode 14 The Shake Up. The Shake Up. After Dark. After Dark. After dark. Let's talk. Let's talk. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Vic sent that, yes, it is Taylor's birthday. Mm-hmm. However, the episode we just watched is Valentine's Day, right? Right. So February. Right. And Taylor's birthday is in July. Oh, that makes zero sense. So I didn't actually look up to see, do we fast forward? Oh, maybe it is July. I don't think so, though. I don't think so. Because on the hospital bracelets, Taylor's birthday is July. Mm-hmm. So they probably just screwed up. So do we have any like forward, like flash forwards well, and it, the, besides the, the finale? finale? Because I'm I'm blanking on exactly what happens with like Seth Elmer, how do we get there? Obviously I know they're they get married, but like that's a very brief part of the episode. It's kind of a flash forward montage scene. So does Taylor, uh, does Summer and Seth, like, do we ever see them going, like, back to Rhode Island or that it doesn't happen? Like, I don't remember their paths. I don't remember really anyone's paths. I think the, okay, so the earthquake happens at the very end of the episode. That's what I'm assuming. Penultimate is the earthquake episode. They're right. Like, They're no the power. aftermath of it. Yeah. I think Brian gets hurt. Mm-hmm. If I'm remembering this correctly, like Seth has to help him. Sandy's at the pier, I believe, helping people. Pancakes. Pancakes is involved. I know Caitlin and Julie are in an ice cream store. They got locked up in an ice cream store. Or like she likes ice. This is what I'm remembering. I'm sure Mike. Hey, yeah, Mike, everyone's yelling. Are you screaming right now? <laughs> this is like very, very vague. And, and I don't remember if they don't actually go. We see, I don't think we actually see that because of the earthquake. Summer does go on the bus because Seth says, This is your destiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But then we see them get married in the last episode. Right. So there we is know- a vague scene. Well, there's a vague memory of Seth and Summer being super lazy on recliners in Seth's room. Wow. Guys, yeah, I, I have no four, recollection. So this is, this is why just, Lexi's definitely a bigger, bigger fan. Yes, she is. She knows. I'm sure she's screaming at me right now. Yeah, so Earthquake. Oh, I'm not looking forward to that, though. It's like a, a drama where we've had such lightness in the last couple of episodes. So The Cohen house is destroyed. Ugh, that's awful. But then they go to Berkeley. I remember when that Cohen house got destroyed, I was... Like, I lost it. Because mm. that in itself is, as yeah, always, it's a character. character. Yeah. Yeah. That's so sad. If the earthquake didn't happen uh, and we didn't see a time jump, where do you think all the characters would be? Do you think Ryan and Taylor would still be together? Would they be a long-distance relationship like Seth and Summer? Mm, I I don't know. It's hard for me to tell. Maybe it's after hard. we're done, can I make those predictions yeah. of, like, what I think should have happened? Um, I don't really remember. I guess Seth and Summer are separated for a year. How many? What's the flash forward? Like how many years? Is it? I, I know you really don't know, that. which and is kind I, of fun. I like that. Don't her, look it up. So like, again, you know, I screen all your questions and stuff. When it comes in, I could have looked it up. I didn't on purpose. No, it's good. For funsies for myself, I know I should be like the smart resource here that should be providing you with answers and <laughs> anyone else in you know, listening, but for myself, for a fun point of view, I didn't because I was like, oh, I kind of want to go through this again and with a different perspective. So that's cool. Vic, last week, she sent us an article from ScreenRant.com of the 10 couples that would have made a lot of sense but never got together. Mm. Right? Yeah. So this is the list. Oh, I'm excited for this. And I'm going to post the the url on our patreon it'll be public so you can go up there and visit it so it'll explain why they chose i'm just gonna name the couple okay okay we have volchuk and holly yeah so that makes sense summer and che ew <laughs> jimmy and rachel i say yes to this no one. jimmy and rachel was good we wanted them to be we together <laughs> dj and Teresa. no marissa and johnny no cal and veronica well, yes. Luke and Lindsay. Hell no. I mean, where? <laughs> Enjoy the reasoning. Oh, my God. Zach and Anna. No. Summer and Ryan. Summer and Ryan. It took me a moment to remember. No. Seth and Taylor. No. 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 None of them. Besides maybe like Cal and Veronica and. Yeah. Volchuk and Holly, yeah. That totally would have worked. Yes. Except he doesn't have enough money for her. Right. <laughs> so Tish weighed in on this, and she said that Summer and Ryan, especially in season one, would have been a terribly, an amazing power couple. Yeah. And Seth and Taylor would have been funny, because in this episode, they floated around this idea. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're just a little too similar. Who? Seth and Taylor. Well, remember Taylor for a hot second thought she, she thought she had a crush Seth? on him because he was nice to her. But they just like that's the same, how Taylor is, right? And they just like the same Asian Yakuza film. films, yeah. and you know, like the same foods, and are a little bit on the nerdyish book side movie. No way, you know. But I think it would be way too much for both of them. Mm-mm. And the same with like Summer and Ryan. I feel like. Oh, 
Ryan would have to play so many games, and that's, like, not him, (laughs) to keep Summer, like, interested, I think. Yeah, I mean, Ryan would (laughs) never do... I'm just thinking about the stupid whole, like, who's going to break up with... Who's going to end the proposal Yeah, that would never happen. Ryan would would never never do that. And he would never propose, I don't think. He would just be like, yeah, I'm here for you. Because that's the logic, because that's what he was doing for Teresa. So I feel like maybe <laughs> Summer needs a little bit of Ryan in no. her life. <laughs> I'm so on my Seth and Train. I know, I know. I just can't picture Summer and Ryan no, together. No, same. And I don't think Anna and Zach, like... No. Anna's, that's not... He's too, like, cookie cutter. And she, you know, she needs someone more, more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Hope you're doing well, Zach. Yeah, but and then- and Luke and uh, Lindsay... Lindsay- that is never would have went for Lindsay. Never, ever, 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 ever. ever. I mean, maybe in a different world. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who Luke could have could have been with. I mean, yeah, he's just a puppy. No, he's just a little dog. No. Anyway, Jess sent her top five and bottom Yay. five. So this is this week's of that. Her top five are number one, Ryan. Number two, Sandy. Number three, Taylor. Number four, Summer. Number five, Seth. Okay. Bottom five. Number one, Trey. Number two, Volchuk. Number three, Oliver. Number four, Che. Number five, Lindsay. (laughs) That bottom five is pretty good. It's a good one. Yeah, it's mostly all the villain-ish characters we had in the show. I cannot wait to see your bottom five. Yeah. Me too. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like I really have to do a whole deep dive into why. Yeah, well, you we're, know, we're there's gonna so do that. much I have to consider the factors in there of why these people are shitty or not. And we can go into our lists like Lisa did. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to having a guideline of the characters I can, like, not just 10 people I can have to list. But this is good, Jess. This is yeah, really... a good list. Lindsay, mm-hmm. she picked mostly all core people for top, and I like that Taylor. Taylor's number three. Yeah, Taylor's up there. Marissa's not on either list, no. which I'm okay with. It's fine. It's fine. We can't not, judge anyone. <laughs> no, I'm not judging. I'm just like you know, looking over, critiquing. We're critiquing. talking about it. Yeah, as I look at this list, it's good. All right. Do you have any last? Questions or comments for? Uh, n- no, I'm I'm sad. I'm saddened, but also happy that we're reaching the end. Because I truly, besides what we just talked about in the earthquake and Sophie and the Seth Umar wedding, I don't remember anything else that happens. Besides, and then Julie graduating with the baby. Just because we've talked about it, I think I remember it. That's it, though. It's a very clean slate for yeah. me going in interested to see how i feel about some characters in the next three weeks yeah so that i can formulate my top and bottom five because every time i write it i write them in like all different notebooks and then i'm like well i, I don't even i don't even know at this point we'll come up with a guideline we'll both use yeah yeah and we'll make that and then i am excited i've, I've been starting to think about our bonus episodes Actually, yeah lexi reached out asking uh a little bit about that but i know uh, Vic is also excited for them. You know, I was like thinking as I was in my office, aka the shower, 
And I was like, okay, if we do core five, like each episode, each character got their own. I'm like, does that mean the parents don't get any? And then it's like, if we do the parents, does Julie not get one? And then if we do Julie, we could do like Cohen's, Cooper's, Robert's. No, is that too many? Because then it's just like Summer and Neil. I don't, we don't need to do Neil. Right. Or do we do Sandy, Sandy, Kirsten, Julie? That's weird. I mean, but they're they're the core core family, core parents. How about you guys let us know what you want to listen to? Summer, her own. Seth, his own. Ryan, his own. Marissa, Marissa, her own. Yeah. Does Taylor get her own? I mean. She should. I guess she should. (laughs) We got to, I mean, yeah. I know. But also, like, how do you not add Seth, uh, Sandy Kirsten, Julie? How do you not add Julie? Right. right. Yeah. So you let us know. We could combine Kirsten and yeah, we could Sandy and Julie, and then other things to come with that. Yes. Uh, last week we did not include an emoji. Which oh, Jacqueline. Oh, she, us, she said something about it, and she's like, <laughs> "Did I miss an emoji?" And then Vic sent us uh, like two therapists and a couch. Just oh, her cute. emojis. We're keeping you on your toes, people. Yes. So this week's emoji is should be a hot dog. Oh, okay. There's a hot dog one. They're adding new emojis, Randy showed me today. And one of them is a teapot. Cute. Like a white ceramic teapot. And I was like, oh, good. Now you can differentiate tea and coffee. Yeah. Oh, there is a hot dog. Send us. A hot dog. Is that good? Yeah. Franks. Franks. The case of the Franks. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. We look forward to all your hot dog emojis. Mm -hmm. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.